We were never promised that life would be easy, but when we do it together, it becomes much easier. I genuinely believe that we have to be intentional about creating a joyful life. I believe in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long-lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. But those things require deep, holy heart work. I am passionate when it comes to sharing vulnerably about the things that people are not always comfortable discussing. And I am passionate about sharing practical wisdom that has helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. On the Living Easy Podcast, you'll hear honest insight with a biblical foundation to help you become best friends with your spouse again, to love your motherhood so much that you don't need wine or even coffee to get through the day and to find hope in the very real trials and pain that we face moment to moment. I want to challenge you every Monday to live life with purpose, to choose joy, and to honor God with all that you do. Are you ready to fight hard for that sweet, abundant life? If so, I would love to do it together. So grab a cup of coffee and join me every Monday. I'm Lindsay Maestas, and this is the Living Easy Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Living Easy Podcast. We are about to jump on a live on Instagram at Living Easy with Lindsay. So we thought we would record it as a quick little Q&A episode. <laughs> Good <laughs> so, luck. Yeah. <laughs> so we are about to hop on. We are basically just answering questions that were sent in by the audience. Hi, everybody. Hey. Oh, I'm so excited. I've never done one of these before. I don't think. It's a little strange. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So this is Jesse. If you don't know, my name's Lindsay. We are just really excited to be here. You all, we did an episode kind of talking about our move. I don't know why I feel nervous. <laughs> you were definitely <laughs> acting very nervous. <laughs> okay. I want to drink some lemon Normally water. Normally, I'm the nervous one. I know. Hi from Kentucky. Thanks. Kentucky. Hey, David wants to move to Kentucky. Hey, Jesse's brother. My brother. Hey, I guys. think it was Kentucky. Okay. So we will jump in answering some marriage questions that you all sent in. So we're kind of doing this in preparation for Wife Project, but also just to share I am trying to convince Jesse to do a full course with me focused on topics where he would include his perspective and we would do like kind of little mini episodes. Hi guys, like kind of what we're doing and we'll just discuss ultimately like difficult in-laws and we'll have a little mini episode and then communication, how we fight, how to fight well, and just kind of let you in on the way that we do things. So if you enjoy this, it will kind of be like that for the next course. But in the meantime, Wife Project comes out on Monday. So if you don't know anything about it, you can find the link in my bio. But until then, we're going to just answer some questions that you guys sent in. And this will also be up on the podcast as well. All right. First, did you conceive, have babies unexpectedly, or did it take some work to plan? Totally planned. Yeah. We were were ready. Yeah. Yeah. We waited three years. Very, very safe and careful prior to that. Yes. So that's why we say I actually have never been on birth control, though. So TMI. Very safe. Yeah, very safe, though. Uh, Each time we were ready, we waited three years, and then I did ovulation sticks, and I think we got pregnant the second time we tried. And then the second round, I did ovulation sticks, and we got pregnant the first time we tried. So it was all pretty quick. 
What is your process for resolving when you disagree on something or argue? Mine or ours? <laughs> well, let's start with yours. And then I'll uh, answer. Or just okay, how we so do it together. I guess how we, how we fight and... Like, how we resolve. Yeah. Say we have a big argument or a disagreement. <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like it really depends on what the topic is, on how it's resolved. And I think who we ultimately kind of let I don't know, what would you say win that argument? And it depends like what, like finances? If yeah, it's so with, let's give a topic so we're more kids. specific. Yeah, so yeah. say we're disagreeing on something with finances and I don't, I don't agree with something, a decision you've made and you don't agree with how I want to do it. How do we resolve that? I think, I feel like normally when we're having a disagreement with finances, we usually, you know, I don't, sometimes we get pretty upset and we'll argue about it. And then I kind of let her know where I'm coming from. Sometimes it's resolved that day and sometimes it's not resolved that day too. But ultimately I feel like she gives me trust over the finances, even if she doesn't agree with it. But I think that only comes because I've some sometimes proved myself Right. I think, I, yeah, yeah, it's come from a lot of communication where we process through, we one, and we talk about this in the wife project too, but number one is knowing how the other person fights. Jesse, it's kind of changed a little actually, because I used to want to talk it out immediately. And now I tend to stonewall more. Like I want to kind of process through my thoughts. And then he's always been more the quiet type. So we actually have we just did this yesterday where he was like, what's bothering you? And I said, I don't think it would be fruitful if I told you that right now. I just need time. And he's like, no, but you need to tell me. And I was like, no, it doesn't have anything to do with you. Because she forced me to say <laughs> yeah. something that I didn't want to say. Yeah, he's like, like, so now you have a week to. ago. Yeah. But we realized when we force the other person to speak on something that's bothering them, it usually affects us in a way that we don't want it to affect us. And so... I wish my hubby would be more involved with our finances. We do have two finance episodes and we will touch on finances in the course that Jesse and I do together. And we'll do a whole focus on that, on doing it as a couple and kind of how we've learned to navigate it. But it is also okay to handle it as a wife if yeah. you are good at it. I, I think it really comes down to, I, and you might be just saying you want help with the finances is what it, yeah. what it sounds like. And I understand that. And I think you guys... If that's something that you need, you guys should totally talk about it and, you know, maybe figure out how you can implement your husband with your finances without totally stressing him out. Because with us, finances, they always create stress. And it's one it of can, the greatest causes of divorce in a marriage, and, almost like number two or one. Yeah, and which is, that's crazy. But you have to, you know, if, if you're better at the finances, I think you should just you, it's totally fine for you to roll Handle with it. that. But if you need help with it, then yes, I think you should be figuring out how to implement him gently, you know, in it. So you guys don't like totally blow up on each other. I tried to, but, to do them at the beginning and I really liked it, but I stressed <laughs> Jesse out with the way I did it. Cause everything was down to the penny kind of Dave Ramsey style. And that was a lot. And your budget meeting didn't go as smoothly as this month. I, I'll just look at it oh, when it's okay. ready. Yeah. But it didn't go smoothly. Is that, and I get that. Sometimes we have months that are so stressful with finances. But we will talk about that more and then listen to the budget episodes on the Living Easy podcast and maybe it will help. 
But going back to the fighting fair, one, know your, your spouse's, the way that they fight. Do they need time and allow them that time? Give them grace. The Bible says to consider one another above yourself. So are you considering your spouse if they need that break, if they need that time? We go to bed angry sometimes. I know the Bible says don't let the sun go down on your anger. But we've learned when we have a good night's rest, because we're usually very overworked and tired most of the time, we wake up like, oh, that was so silly and like dumb. Or we hash it out and we talk it through. I used to kind of bulldoze Jesse because I wanted to talk about everything. And then you would feel overwhelmed. Yeah, I think taking that verse a little too literally sometimes it almost made things worse between us because let the sun go down. Yeah. Because she, I I think she would try to force a resolution prior to us going to sleep. And it was just impossible with, you know, what, what what do they say? If you're, if you're emotional, you can't think logically. And most of the time, if you're trying to hash something out before you go to sleep, you're still emotional and you haven't let those emotions calm down so you're not able to think rationally and logically and so I think that that used to create (laughs) so many more problems I'm thinking sometimes like I want him to resolve it and so I'm sitting and I'm curled over on the bed like fine if you're not going to talk about it I'm not going to talk about it and I'm here like stirring in anger and frustrated and then I hear him like (laughs) I just passed out you gotta you gotta get your sleep. Yeah, I'm like, oh, then, Lindsay, let but it go. That being said, sometimes we, the next day, we're able to talk about it and get the emotional side out of it. And we're able to have a better discussion about, you know, whatever it is we Sorry, were arguing about you. or disagreeing about. So, hi, Tony. <clears throat> oh, I love you. Hi, everyone. Sorry if we miss. I know. We're you. trying to go through. I have bad eyesight, and this he is a tiny little phone. Ah, so. Okay. The course that you and Jesse do together be for couples. Yes, that's the purpose. I love Wife Project. I love what it brings. It's going to be completely different. The focal points, the topics will be different, but they will still be very intensive for marriage, but it's intended for you and your spouse to do it together. And we're hoping that will be out in early spring of next year. We are moving, so give us a little grace. Okay, Enneagram numbers. I'm a three. He's a five. I think that's honestly one of our greatest strengths is, and I mentioned this on my post recently, is being teammates. Like we kind of, we are both ambitious and we both have something we're passionate about, which is business and stuff. And I think that draws us together. Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean... I don't know. We were, we were kind of really into those for a little while, huh? What, Enneagrams? Enneagrams? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm just talking more about us being driven together, that we balance each other out really well. And I'm super high strung, if you can't tell. And he's super calm. <laughs> and so he, he levels me. It's always a balance. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, Tony, I didn't know what you were saying. Okay. Yes, threes. Most, like, podcasters and bloggers and writers, I think, are threes, or a lot of, a lot of them. Okay, next question. Is it normal to feel doubt before you're married, even if you're in love? Did you doubt getting married to me? I think it's normal. Yeah. I I think it's normal. I mean, gosh, we even had... I doubted. We had moments before we got married. I almost almost chucked my engagement ring. I don't remember that. But (laughs) yeah, I don't know. I... Our emotions are all over the place. I I think that we can't always read into our emotions so much either. I think that that's a normal feeling, Mm -hmm. but 
it's always coming back to, you know, the, the reason, you know, where you're at and your foundation. You know, your, yeah. Like what's your foundation and why you guys are, I know it's, it's giving me anxiety. Like, so yeah, that's normal. I, you know, I, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of doubts. I had a lot of past relationships that were super messy. And so that was really hard to kind of navigate. I was still young when we started dating. I was 19. We got married at 21. So we were babies. We've been married nine years, but I had doubts, but I think I agree completely with him. I think that a huge part of your relationship is going to be knowing your foundation, of course, knowing like physical attraction is important. Don't rush into marriage just because you want to have sex. I always say getting married for sex is like buying an airplane for the peanuts. It's just such a minuscule part of the marriage. So make sure you know everything will be magnified in marriage, personality types, issues, struggles, etc. But doubt is very, very normal. But just like Jesse said, don't be dictated by your feelings because feelings run rampant and they are not consistent and they are not. I mean, our heart can be very deceitful, the Bible says. And so just choosing your faith over your feelings ultimately, which I know can be a challenge, but it can be very beneficial. Genuinely curious how biblical is it to go off of Enneagram? I get this question so often, you guys. I don't do Zodiac. I'm not into Zodiac. Enneagram for me there's a podcast, Enneagram and Coffee. I love her. I did actually have an episode with her about how to love your people best using the Enneagram. There are pagan roots to the Enneagram, okay? But there are pagan roots to pretty much everything. Santa Claus, Christmas as a whole, is pagan. Jesus wasn't actually born on Christmas Day. Easter could be considered a pagan practice. And so my personal opinion on this is it goes back to the heart. What is your heart? When I look at the Enneagram, I don't say this is, this defines me. This is who I am because my identity is in Jesus. I say, this is a really cool way to understand how people see me. It's a really cool way to understand myself. When I read that thing, I cried, huh? I like cried in the car. We were on our way back from Texas in the car and I cried because I didn't like what it said, but I knew it was so accurate and it's really helped me to understand myself, but it's also really helped me to understand people but I don't allow it to put people in a box because I know that sanctification is real every single day. I know that salvation is real. I know that change and growth are real. So while it has pagan root, I just kind of take it as it is. Like the Myers-Briggs is probably not a biblical thing, but companies use it worldwide in order to better understand their employees. So I think it comes back to, okay, this is a great outline of personality traits using the Enneagram. Is it biblical? No, But can I look to Jesus in those personality traits and say, Lord, use me in this way. Lord, use these gifts. Also, sanctify me in these areas that are not worshiping you or glorifying to you. So, Yeah, I I just see them as, it's just information that, again, not to be, yeah, we're talking about the Enneagrams. I don't feel like that's obviously not how God defines us. It's not how God sees us. And I don't think that, when you're looking into relationships with other people that are created in the image of God, that's not how we're supposed to define anyone, but nonetheless, it's just information. And so I just look at those as a way of seeing specific or certain characteristics that can potentially be what someone is like for us personally, though, it's just when we read through them, a lot of them, it was like, we both kind of saw different aspects in our, in each other's personalities where we're like, oh, okay, that totally makes sense. And then 
I think it helped us for a little while just to kind of learn how to respond to one another and then know where, you know, parts of their characteristics or personality could, you know, be, you know, in that definition, but mm -hmm. it wasn't necessarily, that's not who they are either. So I, will I, say, I don't think it's not obviously not biblical. Yeah. Like you don't put not. someone in a box with the Enneagram, but I think it has like, I still look at fives and I'm like, <clears throat> Oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Like it was pivotal for me to find out Jesse is like a battery, right? And his battery just goes do, 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 do with social kind of like extroversion and that he finally runs out and I'm like, oh my gosh, that is just such a, a very easy analogy to help me understand why he is the way that he is with certain things that maybe frustrated me a lot before. So that's been good. Okay. Next question. I don't want to keep you all here all night. Do you ever call one another names when you get into the heat of an argument? Yes, totally. <laughs> what do we call each other? I call you Ann. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I was all, do we? So we don't cuss at each other. We've... It's not our personality types. I'm not bashing that because I've said a million times, us kind of shutting down, closing off can be just as bad as getting angry and screaming. So our biggest thing is like shutting down. We've never like really cussed. I mean, I don't want to say never. We've had big fights in the past nine years, probably three of them where we probably said a cuss word or two, but we don't call it. We've never called each other names. I don't know. I've never, he would never call me a name. I've never called him a name, maybe in my head, but I haven't said it. <laughs> <laughs> but we do kind of process through things quietly, which can sometimes turn into like passive aggression, which I don't think is healthy, but we try to control our anger. I think the way that we think of fighting and correct me if you think I'm wrong is when we go into an argument, we know our words last. I mean, the Bible says your tongue is like a sword. It can bring poison or it can be, bring life. So it's this constant question of, am I going to bring life into my husband right now? Or am I going to spit poison into my marriage? Like, is my marriage really worth saying this word? I personally feel like calling names in a marriage, you are dooming your marriage a little bit. That is very damaging. You are critiquing your spouse when the Bible calls us to respect and honor and love. The Bible says to love your wife as your own body. So you care for yourself. You care for yourself more than anyone in this world. You shower yourself, you bathe yourself, you feed yourself. You make sure you have all of your necessities. Mamas, I know sometimes that goes, but for the most part, a man cares for himself and he's called to care for his wife in the same way and to love her like Christ loves the church. And we're called to, sorry, I know a lot of you guys got booted off and we're called to honor and respect our husbands. And so in moments of heated arguments, like if you're cussing each other out, calling each other names, I would really challenge you to do some marriage counseling or talk to someone and really just process through communication skills in order to better love one another. Yeah, that for sure has to come down to communication. I just, I don't, I don't like, they, they always say that there's words can never be forgotten, you know, and I just don't, that that's not any type of way you should be defining your spouse ever in, in like one little word that can be offensive and degrading, you know, all those things. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and that's something like, if I were to say something like that to Lindsay, I just don't think she would ever forget that. The problem is, is like every argument after it's like, if you let it if you let a word like that slip one time about your spouse, I just feel like the next third fight, now you're going to do it again. And then, you know, you might, it it's just going to become more and more often. And I just think that if that's something that you struggle with maybe, and you know, when you're upset that 
that's how, you know, you talk to your spouse or something, you, you really should challenge your heart and your mind and, and to not to challenge yourself to not be defining your spouse. Even when you're extremely frustrated or upset at them, you shouldn't be calling them, you know, any type of words like that. Instead, it should be focused on what is the argument? Why are we arguing? How do we mend this or how do we compromise and work together? Or should we just take a break? I, I don't feel like in any type of argument or debate, like when someone gets down to like name calling, it's, it's, it's unfruitful, unfruitful, yeah. it's petty. And it's, it takes, I don't know. I just feel like the standard of the conversation is lowered mm -hmm. when you're having cheap shots. Yeah. Little cheap shots like that. And it just, it shouldn't be ever be in a place like that. Well, and the Bible says it's it's not a sin to get angry, right? But it is a sin to sin in your anger. So you can feel that anger, but to sin in your anger is where it becomes sinful and dishonoring to God. I think because we got booted, some of you guys, oh, okay. What would you say to the wife who feels like she cannot get a word across without her husband becoming defensive and offensive with his words when she feels like she wants to talk to him about something? Eggshells. That's what I think of. Walking on eggshells. Oh, by the way, he calls me Anne. When we fight, oh. we didn't finish that. Yeah. Tell them why. Okay. Well, we, it was a joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we watched that. What was that scary movie? Annabelle. 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 I didn't watch that movie. And I, I watched it. I I don't even remember when. But anyway. I told her, her middle name is Anne. And I told her whenever she gets really upset, Anne's coming out. So we, we just joke. Yeah. He but, says, I'm like a different person. Yeah. Okay. No, so when I you, sorry, so when you, when some, you're trying, so somebody else is saying, not all of us are able to speak up about our feelings. I understand that. So how do you feel like we've had moments where I don't feel freedom to go to Jesse. And I think like, I'm really big on counseling. You guys know that from the living easy podcast, but I think that is where personally, and then I'll let you answer sometimes husbands and men, just like us, Sometimes men don't hear from their wives. They don't hear the words that their wives are speaking, even though it might be truth. But when a man, a godly man that they respect, or just a man that they respect, walks in and says the exact same thing, they hear them loud and clear. I think men hear from men differently. And so that's why I think sometimes having a male marriage counselor who can see both sides and speaks to both of you can be really beneficial. And not to say we've not had moments where I'm like, I don't feel like I can come to you. Like, I don't feel like this is an area where I can actually come to you. And you've struggled in the past with feeling like if I come to, I hope it's okay to say this. If I come to you about some, anything having to do with your character or a shortcoming, he feels like I'm a horrible husband. Like if I'm like, Hey, could you work on maybe this? Like it would be helpful. And it's like, you think I'm, I mean, my tone is probably not as nice as that. But then it's like, you think I'm a horrible husband. You think I'm a failure. You think I'm this. And I'm like, no, I'm literally trying to come to you about one issue. But he feels like his character is being ripped apart. So we've really had to work on tone of voice. We've had to work on when we approach one another in these types of conversations. Well, that's and then also the just managing key. one another's like personalities. Yeah, no, that's definitely been the biggest key is like trying to manage and be mindful of like when, when you approach your spouse about something that you're, you know, going to either correct or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. and but when you feel like you can't approach somebody, what <clears throat> would you do? Like if a man is unapproachable. That's just hard. I, the Bible calls us to, you know, we, sh we shouldn't be above reproach. And mm -hmm. so I think even though 
I feel like my character is being challenged and I, I get offended about something she said and I might get angry and it might turn into a fight or whatever it is. Regardless, if, if it was brought up in love and it was brought up with, you know, examples and reasoning or something in, in a kind way, even though it maybe turned into a fight and we got upset about it, I'm still going to think about it. That's just me being sinful. And even though I'm not accepting it properly or perfectly, I'm still going to be thinking about those words. And this just comes down to the, like even what we were talking about with name calling. And so I think that it's, it should be brought up because then you get put in this position where, you know, you're constantly being, you know, walked on or whatever the situation is. I don't really know. I know there can be so much more wrapped up into that question or, but uh, yeah, I just feel like sometimes hard things and hard conversations need to happen. Mm -hmm. They need to take place. And regardless of, you know, maybe it not being the most, you know, pleasant conversation, those words, if they were brought with the right intentions, with the right heart and, you know, tried to have delivered properly, then, I mean, the fight has to play out and we have to let our sinful spouse respond how they're going to respond. And I feel like, you know, there's times where I've totally responded in sin and then, you know, maybe a day or two days later have come back and, you know, been like, Hey, you know, this is something I need to work on. And if I didn't internally, I still feel like, okay, here's, here's a line I need to watch in the future. Or here's something that, you know, you know, I don't know, maybe even with the kids, something she brought up about how I'm responding to them or whatever it is. And even though that offends me, I'll still think about it and I want to better myself. I think all of us want to better ourselves. And so, yeah, I, I'm going to be trying to fix whatever it is she brought up, even though I wasn't in the most approachable position. But I do want to say, I, I want to call women up and say that that is no excuse. Like if, even if he responds that way, it's no excuse to call him names or to cuss at him. And I say this in love, but I say it in boldness as well that like that is doing nothing but damaging your marriage and allowing the enemy to get in. So even if it's like he shuts me down, he does these things, there are other avenues than allowing your allowing yourself to sin in your anger and choosing that. And if they don't see their sin as sin, then that is prayer, you know, because you're not the Holy Spirit to them. You're not the one who's going to change their heart. There are many areas that Jesse and I have had with one another where we've just had to pray and seek counsel and not gossipy, but like actually truly seeking counsel from someone who's gone before you in marriage and in life and pursuing their wisdom on those things. But you are not to allow yourself to sin because you're not walking into heaven holding your husband's hand, right? You're walking and you're being held accountable for your actions. And so how are you living? Are you honoring the Lord? Are you pursuing the kingdom with your life and as a wife? Or are you trying to... Um, justify your behavior based on your spouse. And that's kind of what the wife project is all about sharing that in love, but then also giving you communication tips and conversation starters that you can go through with one another. And one more thing I'd like to add to that is sometimes it is hard to have some of those conversations between just you and your spouse. And it's hard if you feel like you can't communicate in those types of settings, what we've learned in our marriage is 
like going back to, you know, five people that you surround yourself with is you're an average of that. Yeah. And so you combine that with, you know, Hey, I need to surround myself by, you know, people that are trying to, you know, work hard and do better in their lives and, and, or maybe seem to have a, a stronger marriage or have, or have been married longer than you. And we have tried to surround ourselves by people that are in better situations and better positions than we are to one challenge us in that, but two, you know, even being for me, being around more godly men and better men than I am, because if I'm surrounding myself by, you know, men that are, are not being a good influence constantly, you know, that's, that's not helping me get to a higher place. And so where I'm going with this is if you're surrounding yourself by people that will challenge you and your spouse to try to be better, to try to focus your relationship on Christ more, it's put us in positions where we've been able to maybe bring up some of these harder topics when we're hanging out with our friends, Mm -hmm. you know, and obviously a lot. Yeah. Really hard conversations on a normal, like hang night. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're serious people, but yeah. And we like having like heavy conversations, heavy conversations often, but yeah, our, we really do like presenting, you know, scenarios with friends and it's a different type of setting because, you know, they love you, you love them, you respect them. And they have a lot of times different experience and different challenges. And so, you know, if you're having a situation like that where your spouse isn't seeing their sin or, you know, or you're not seeing your sin, you know, there's always three fingers pointing back at you, but it's just one of those scenarios where, you know, try to find some people that might challenge you guys or have more experience in marriage and relationships than you guys have. And, you know, invite yourselves over for dinner or have them over for dinner and, you know, maybe you guys can be in a situation where you can discuss those things. And I feel like a lot of times those settings have been far better. And and on top of that, it's fellowship time. Mm -hmm. And it's time when you're, you know, getting to know them better too. And and you can have more of a conversation than a fight. Yeah. Because you have like a mediator. I agree with that. A lie that you may believe far too often, especially as a woman, is that you have to choose between your family and your dreams. But the Proverbs 31 woman defies that stereotype. She was both a mother and a businesswoman. She worked hard for her family and used the giftings that God had given her to provide for her home. She had both ambition and faith, and she was honored. Friends, if you have a gift, use it to make God's name known. Share your story, share your passions, share your life. I've spent the past five years relentlessly studying and implementing all things marketing, blogging, entrepreneurship, small business, and podcasting, while also being a stay-at-home mama of two boys. Now with over 6 million blog readers, over 600,000 total podcast downloads, and tens of thousands of social media followers, I'm able to make an income for my family. I feel so passionate about this business and helping others to pursue those dreams. And I want to share everything I've learned with you, whether you're a mom of five or a college student. Do you want to be a travel blogger? Would you love to share your voice and launch a podcast? I can help you. 
I'm so excited to be offering one-on-one personalized business coaching for anyone with a dream to share their story, create a ministry, or build a platform. During our two and a half hour coaching session, I'll customize everything specifically for you by looking over your website and social media to give honest and helpful feedback that will help you grow. I'll teach you how to use Pinterest to make money even if you don't have any followers because if you're not using it yet, you're really missing out. And we'll talk all things Instagram, Facebook, branding, monetization, all in simple to understand terms. I will provide you with two free customizable media kits, a list of my 20 influencer websites that you can join right away to start collaborating with small and large brands, exclusive group board invites on Pinterest, and Facebook group invites to help get more eyes on your business right away. I always say she didn't do it better. She just did it. What is that one thing that you have always wanted to do, but you've never done? You will never succeed if you don't ever try, but you have a great chance at succeeding if you at least try. You don't ever want to live in regret. So if you are interested in this personalized coaching, just email livingeasypodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's livingeasypodcast at gmail.com. If you are interested in this coaching and hearing about how I can help you specifically, I'll talk to you soon. And then there was another question going off of that where they said, why is it so hard to find friends that you both like? (laughs) And I thought that was funny Yeah. because, I mean, we've struggled with that in different areas. And I think one, it's compromise. Okay. One, how do you find friends? Community groups. We met a ton of our friends in community groups at church. I know it can feel really hard to meet people, but we're really big on like, open your home, just invite, even going to Nashville. I'm like, Hey girls, whoever's out there. I'm going to have a brunch at one point and I would love for you all to come like people long for friendship more than you think they probably do. So just giving yourself opportunities. If you're at community group, Hey, I'm going to have a, whatever, a a dinner. If you guys all want to come, doors are open. It's just like an open house, come hang out or Christmas Eve, open house, come hang out. Like those types of things I think can really help to bond friendships you have to be available in order to strengthen relationships. And it's, it's never easy. I think it's, yeah, it's never (laughs) easy and it's never the most comfortable life is always stressful. There's always things going on and there's always more work and cleaning to be done, Mm -hmm. but just have them over, you know, and and your home as it is. Imperfect memory. No, (laughs) perfect (laughs) memories and imperfect homes. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, finding friends where you both click can be really hard. It happens and it is very possible. We've experienced it with amazing people in our lives and we're really thankful. But there have been friendships that we've pursued and tried to start where I really clicked with the wife and Jesse struggled with the husband or vice versa. And so sometimes it's like compromising with each other and saying, you know, let's go somewhere where it's not uncomfortable for you. Let's go to a movie And then just dessert after, like something quick where I can hang. Or I do a lot of individual girls' nights and he does individual guys' nights. We're with, and not to be legalistic about this, that's not my heart, but he's with like Christian godly men. I'm with Christian godly men. We're not going out and dancing and like partying and you know what I mean? Like we're in settings where we're still respecting our spouse if we're going out with other individuals but we do try to do married couple things. And so if he's uncom- if he's comfortable and I'm uncomfortable, I'm like, hey, let's have him over for 
coffee and I'll try to get to know them better or we'll just do a play date because the kids kind of distract. I think it's trying to find balance. And then you usually, if you push hard enough, and I know this sounds wrong, but like you're all sinners trying to come together. You're all different personalities trying to come together in a married friendship. And I think there's just a place where you have to say, I'm going to just keep pushing until we do find that thing in common. And that thing might be of shared passion or it might just be being a mom or it might just be being a wife. And that is enough if you're, I mean, you're technically on a level playing field as a Christian and you have that in common. And so just doing things that you feel could be comfortable, but fighting for those relationships, like it is not easy to be a part of the body of Christ. It's not easy, but we are called to be the hands and the feet. And I am not say I'm not the hand and Jesse's not the foot, like we need a hand and a foot. And so that's what fellowship does. It kind of puts the body together knowing we need one another or else you're a mangled mess. Yeah. <laughs> you have any thoughts on that? Or is yeah. that good? Yeah. Yeah. But keep fighting for those relationships. Cause I know it can be hard. And if anyone's in Franklin or Nashville or <laughs> Spring Hill, we're going to hang out, please. Okay. I'll do two more. Let me look through these real quick. Hi Morgan. Do you think I could still make good use of the wife project and put things to practice, even if he isn't in the word? Yes. I have two whole sessions. I think they're over an hour long each where I talk about being a praying wife, prayerful wife for a spiritually dry husband. And then I talk about being a faithful wife. I talk about submission with a spiritually dry and an unbelieving husband. So all of these things in the wife project launching Monday reflects back on you and on your heart. So it doesn't have anything to do with your husband. The communication tips, the conversation starters, the date night ideas, the heart challenges, all can be voiced to your spouse, which will help create conversation. I've actually had a lot of women say they watched it with their husband, <laughs> which is cool, and that it was really fruitful for them. But a lot of women I either have a husband who is not believing, have a husband who's not engaged in their relationship, or they're new in their marriage and they're trying to navigate through things. So no matter what season of life you're in, it is a reflection on your heart. It is to deepen and strengthen your faith in such a way that it pours out onto your husband. First Peter 3 says for us to live in such a way that without speaking a word, we are able to show the love of Christ. And so it's just kind of going back to that calling to live in love. And I'm coming, I mean, on the Wife Project, I share all my junk. You guys, I am. Ooh. Oh, thank you guys. I, it's okay. I am a hot mess express. More often than not, I am like a frantic chicken with my head cut off. Yeah? You could could agree. So, like, I'm not coming from a perfect place. We have a lot of disaster in our marriage, too. But the differences that we process through it, we work through it, we we seek Jesus, and we kind of keep the kingdom and God at the focus, and then work all things out with that as the foundation. And that's the difference. The other part of me is a mess. More than my mess, right? We are moving to Franklin, Tennessee. Our moving day is July 15th. (laughs) We're so excited. Yeah, we can't wait. Yeah. We're really, really eager. It's going to be a good change. Friends in a faith community have strengthened my fiance and I so much. It will change. I mean, our marriage probably truly would not have survived if it weren't for our people in the first three years of marriage. Yeah. We needed, we were constantly like can we come for dinner? We'll bring chips and salsa. We'll bring everything if you counsel us. Cause like we're struggling. So just know you're not alone. And we still have those moments. What are your favorite verses to pray over each other? Oh man. I think, 
That's a good question because I don't really, if I'm honest, like I don't think I pray verses over Jesse. I think I pray what God has placed on my heart for myself to be a better wife. Mm -hmm. Like I pray for my husband. I pray for strength in his work. I pray for, and we pray a lot together, like as a family. I feel like that's kind of when we do a lot of our praying over one another and confessing the stuff we're struggling with. I pray for God to help him overcome. I think it's a lot of whatever he's battling in that time, like going to scripture and that and, and praying that for him. Yeah. Kind of the same. Yeah. You struggle with your prayer life though. Yeah. Yeah. He struggles with his prayer life. Yeah. We go, go like back and forth. Talk about that a little bit, just for a minute. Oh gosh. It's not quick. Yeah. I don't know. I've just, I've gone back and forth with my, I don't know, just my prayer life and different settings. I don't, I don't even know how to explain it without just rambling. He, so. can I say it for you? Sure. I think in a concise form, he struggles to <laughs> feel like God hears him. He knows God is real. He knows Jesus died on the cross for us. He knows that the Bible is the word of God, but you struggle with praying and feeling like God is active and present. I've, I feel more like I have a, a solid faith in that whatever's God, whatever God's plan is, is playing out. And so sometimes I struggle with his involvement. Um, in the yeah. Like, things. like, yeah, his, his involvement. Where in I'm like, this things. is Jesus. And this house is Jesus. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, like it, it, it is God's plan, but it wasn't necessarily because we prayed for that specific thing. Yeah. And, yeah. and I just, I'm not a big fan of emotion tagging. Yeah. Well, like tagging Jesus onto, we got this and that because of Jesus, because He's when, when those boss. things fall apart, who do we blame? Yeah. It's like, yeah. didn't you say this was Jesus? And I've just seen too many of those scenarios in my life where I question that. And, and, and then it's, you know, you, sh- I feel that's in a way sometimes using God's name in, in vain where you're like, well, you know, he didn't, what you said he did didn't happen now. And, mm-hmm. and now it's like a different story. And so I just think I struggle with my prayer life with more of like, just, I have a faith in his plan and the way things play out. So I talk about that actually. I don't know if I told you that <clears throat> in the modern Proverbs 31 woman course, it's active now. The link's in my bio, and it is a two-hour course, The Modern Proverbs 31 Woman, on how to live as a Proverbs 31 woman. But I talk about the prosperity gospel in depth, and I talk a lot about like our belief in God. Even if we would say we don't believe in the prosperity gospel, that God wants us to be rich and healthy and wealthy, that we sometimes live like that. Because when life isn't a party and when trials come, we immediately blame God. And that is the skewed perspective of, I think, a lot of America is that we think God, we deserve, we're entitled to all of these things. And that when we don't receive them, they're not a gift from God. And I tend to have a very emotional faith. So I'm constantly having to combat lies in my brain about God's faithfulness and know that he's faithful, whether I'm sleeping on rocks in the dirt or I'm sleeping in a cozy, comfortable bed, you know, like I'm having to realize God is the same today and yesterday, today and forever no matter what my circumstances are, he is still good. So in the modern Proverbs 31 Mormon course, I dive like pretty deeply into that. Thank you, Lindsay. This gives me so much hope. Today was one of those days where I just wanted someone to talk to, ask questions within the word or just vet. And I think God put this video across my path. Thanks. I'm happy to have you here. I'm so happy you guys are here. 
Finding friends at church has been awesome. Packing How is packing is going, going? Guys, I have gotten a lot done. I think I have ADHD and I don't say that lightly. I have self-diagnosed for sure, but I have a really hard time focusing on anything at all at one time. She had four boxes out half packed. Oh my gosh. And I finished them all this morning and I was like, she started this one, started this one, didn't finish. She's so organized. I'm like starting to do something and then I go to something in another room. Not, it doesn't help having two kids who are like constantly distracting you, but they were asleep. So I really (laughs) can't use that as an excuse. I genuinely want to talk to like a counselor or doctor about that though, because I have been really feeling like I'm, I struggle with that. I, I, I get over ADHD. Jesse's in, tell him the story. When your dad was in the grocery store or something and some lady saw Jesse who is like, apparently I was like an insane hyper hyper little child. Like our sex. And some lady told my dad that she was like, you know, they give medication for boys like that. (laughs) Can you imagine saying that to a parent? It was actually really sad. Your dad was like, get lost lady. Okay. Jesse's dad's a pastor here, by the way. By the way, you all are making me consider Franklin. I've been doing my homework on prospective cities in our near future, and y'all are almost making this search narrow down. You're already saying y'all, so you must be in the South. Yeah. And a realtor out there is a plus. Yep. Jesse's going to be a realtor <laughs> in Nashville. So if anyone needs one, yeah, hook I'm us going, up, guys. I'm going through my classes and should be finished by the time we move out there. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. So exciting. Yeah. And he is starting completely from scratch. We mentioned that on the episode on Living Easy Podcast. But yeah, if you know anyone moving there or anyone selling there, please, Jesse's, he's king of real estate. He does a great job. Are you still having a yard sale? Guys, yes. I, okay, are we? Yeah. It's going to be scraps though. People keep asking that. And I just think it's going to be <clears> scraps <throat> because we don't, we don't have a lot that we're selling. We minimize throughout the entire year. I like think we're, we're selling this table. Purging. You want this table and chairs? I have permission. <laughs> I thought you On live? That. Well, we're buying something. All right, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we might be selling our kitchen table. Okay, Tennessee seems beautiful, but y'all should have moved to Texas. We have family might be moving to Texas. Jesse's not a fan of Texas. We're not going to get into that. I like Texas. It just didn't feel like home for me. Yeah, yeah. And it really, Franklin, it's magical. Oh, there's two Texas guys. ones. Come from my husband who works in Texas. What's your favorite date night? Okay, we'll do truly two more. I know I keep saying that. Favorite date night. Didn't we do that one? We did it on a story. Yeah. Mine is honestly a really good movie and dinner at Outback. (laughs) It was in Buffalo Wings. Okay, guys. I'm the girl who like does not like eating at corporate restaurants. And not because I'm... I know. You need to put your glasses and not snobby. Like I, I'll eat at like a cockroach infested Mexican restaurant before I want to eat at a corporate type of chain. I just like hole in the wall food. I like exploring. He did say, you told me that one time you said, one of the things I love the most about you is that you're always willing to be like adventurous with where we eat. Do you remember that? And I was like, thanks. <laughs> I love food. <laughs> I appreciate it. I don't remember that. Um, but the onion blossoms are pretty bomb. Yeah. And the bread. If you ask at Outback, you guys, this is a trick of the trade. If you ask at Outback for honey butter, you get honey butter with that brown bread. Holy cow. Yeah. It's, it's our really favorite. Good. And no, I love Texas. I just couldn't see myself oh, living. You're there. getting called out. I know. <laughs> well, here's the reason, guys. We had to drive. We Our flight was canceled. 
So we had to drive 11 hours through like tornado and rainstorms and flooding. And it just, I think just threw us off. No, honestly, here, I'll break it down right now. That's why. <clears throat> no. <laughs> that is why. Because I'm in real estate and I drive a lot, I have to like the traffic system. And I don't like the Texas grid. I felt very congested. The highway system, there, it's two lanes everywhere. And I just, I got really frustrated on the road and Jesus would kick me out of his kingdom if I was there too long. So that was really the biggest reason, yeah. wasn't it? Because I did, I like the houses. I love everything about Texas. That was just the whole traffic grid. Didn't like it. Okay. Hardest transition, zero to one kid or one to two? Whew. Both. <laughs> Uh, no, one was hard. Saxon was easy until he like could start crawling and stuff. Yeah. I mean, zero, one to two with kids, like having the baby, I loved it. I thought it was the sweetest <clears> season. <throat> My anxiety went away when I delivered Saxon. So that was amazing. I think it's the fighting of the boys. So it's more so now having two kids. And then I really struggle a lot, a lot with not being able to give as much time to Sutton, especially when Saxon was a baby. And even now, because now he's starting school, I just feel like my time was really limited with him and is. And so I'm struggling right now as a mama, like with mom guilt and trying to figure out ways to connect with Sutton in a way that is um, makes him feel loved and makes him feel seen. And he's a very, he, he needs attention. And so trying to give him that in a way that he experiences the attention, if that makes sense. And not in a way that I feel like he will, like actually loving him based on his love language. Two is a challenge because you're trying to balance. It's like you take one, I take one. And we kind of talked about how we lived that way for a while where we well, lived separate lives kind of. Well, no, it, it was two was easier. I, I don't know. I guess well, we just one was hard because my anxiety and depression wrecked my life. Yeah. I think, me, I, growing up, I was around babies and kids all the time. And so Sutton was hard because she had so much anxiety. Like, you know, I, I feel like a lot of times you like, you know. I couldn't even touch him. Yeah, I've shared like it. You, you a had lot, a lot but... of anxiety. And so that was hard just in the mix of everything. But then when Saxon came, she felt more comfortable being around you know, the babies and stuff. And, and then, well, and my anxiety disappeared. Yeah. I know he doesn't fully understand like the depth. I know postpartum mamas you do, but it was like, when I delivered him, you even said, I saw like the stress pass from your body. Like yeah. it was just a whole new. She was different me. through the whole pregnancy and delivery for yeah. sure. Like yeah. she was, um, my hormones, was, I my hormones yeah, down, she was so. very used to it and felt more comfortable with everything. So two, in my opinion, was so much easier. And then now just seeing them play and stuff, I feel like it's easier. It's just, yeah. He, you're hitting your battery limit, huh? What? I could tell. He's like, all right, we're at Am I stuff. fidgeting? I okay. fidget. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to read some of your comments so you know that I see you. My battery limit. I'm um, like a Duracell battery. You have to like push the little button, figure out where I'm at. Okay. How'd you guys know it was the right move to move? Okay. So if you go to my podcast, we answered all those questions. It's like a pretty quick episode. To move. My it's like time to move. Stools are from Wayfair. My husband's listening. Hi, husband. Can you explain making the decision to move away from my family? So listen to that on the podcast episode as well. Love you, Lindsay. Your podcast about screen phone time has changed my life. My pets now see me. She's Pete. 
Oh, now my pets now see me more than my iPhone does. Oh, sorry. <laughs> my pets now see my eyes more than my phone does. I love that. I love that episode, actually. Those, there's two, social media heart check and six ways your phone is changing you. I think that's what it's called. 12 ways your phone, <laughs> six ways, <laughs> something like that. It's on the podcast. Um, six ways your phone is changing you is one of like the first episodes and social media heart check is more recent, but both of those are some of my most downloaded episodes. Texas is the next New Mexico. Ooh, I don't know about that. Sorry, I'm giving you a hard time. It's okay. We all give him a hard time about Texas because his sister might be moving there. Yeah. And Lindsay, I've known you since milk and honey. Thanks. Thanks for sticking around. And so appreciate your honesty. That was, it feels like years ago. Hi, Denise. Thank you guys for being here, Ash. Um, I should be studying, but I think watching y'all is more fun. Your account is my favorite. You're all oh, thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. You're encouraging me. I've had. If I'm you see my, if anyone was here, I, I, was I know. Trying to think anyone was if you here. see my post Thank today, you guys. yeah, I've been yeah. super discouraged with social. So this is actually fun. So maybe we can do it a little bit more and just feel more like real. Get all the social Instagram ugh, off of me. You know what I mean? Sorry, not to end it weird. <laughs> yeah, it's live with me. Somebody's gonna clip that and we're gonna see it on <laughs> a meme. Yeah, we're gonna see it on a meme. Okay. So. All right. Well, we love you guys. Reminder, what's coming out on Monday? Goodness gracious. Of which, course. Which one? <laughs> I'm, I've only talked about it for a hundred years. The wife. The wife project. The wife. Yes. Of course. <laughs> Hi, Susan. My battery is low. Can you tell? <laughs> I'm getting crazy. Okay. Yeah, you're getting called. Wife project too. comes out Monday. $197. I know it feels like a ton, but it's 10 and a half hours of biblical content for wives, faith-based, encouraging, convicting, challenging, and it is cost technically less than two marriage sessions. It is lifetime access, and you have an entire 55-page wife project journal that really challenges you to grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus and find ways to really navigate those struggles within your faith. What? And she slap happy. This is just me. Yeah. She seriously put so much time and like thought and prayer into this course too. So thanks. Yeah, I did. It was kind of stressful, but now it's out and it's just been so exciting. We have had over a thousand women sign up for it and continuing to grow the wait list. So it just really blesses my heart. And we have community groups and churches and women's studies who are asking about it as well. So we would love for you to talk to your church about it and see if that's an option. We have group rates for them. Yeah, that's all. So I should have had iced coffee. Thanks. That's what it you was. should have had. I should have had iced coffee. Okay, next time we'll have iced coffee. <laughs> Mom project that is on the list, guys. Okay, I'll let Jesse get his his gaming friends are texting you. I have a war zone group. I'm okay. a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> all right, love you guys, and we'll see, see you, you guys. Soon. Thank you. If you want to help me hype up Wife Project on Monday and share and stuff, that would be so awesome. Okay. Yes. Love you guys. Waitlist is at the link in my bio. Shantae, hi Shantae, and your husband. Okay. Bye, guys. See you guys. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to share the love. The simple act of taking a screenshot of this episode and tagging the Living Easy podcast makes such a huge difference in my little podcasting world. If you are blessed, challenged, or impacted by this conversation, someone else you know might be too. So please feel free to share a little hope and joy with the people that you love.
If you haven't already, please take 30 seconds to scroll down from this episode or the podcast homepage on iTunes to give a quick rating and review. This makes a huge difference and helps in getting great guests for future interviews. Don't forget to follow along with me on Instagram for encouragement, devotionals, and practical advice on all the life and faith stuff. Love you guys.